Hello, friends, and welcome to the Lifestyle Engineering Podcast. This is your host, Dr. B, your lifestyle engineer. In this podcast, we help you escape the rat race and find purpose-led, meaningful work. We help you design systems that make it easy for you to succeed. We give you tools and strategies to build your productivity to free your time and attention for the things that matter most. Live by design, not by default. Let's get it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next episode. Today, we're continuing to talk about mindset because it's so foundational to anything that we're doing. We're going to be busting some myths today. Five myths to crush to escape the corporate indentured servitude. Myth number one. Work is not enjoyable. You're not supposed to enjoy work. Unfortunately, we're in a time right now where we really glorify busyness. It's almost a disease that we have right now that it's a badge of honor how tired we are, how busy we are. We complain and complain about how bad work is, our bosses, our coworkers, our customers, upper management, the CEO, the shareholders. It makes it seem like work is drudgery, that you have to escape from it. You have to look forward to the weekend. That's what you do. That's when you have your fun. You look forward to your little vacation every year, the two, three weeks that you might be given. And one of the things I found very interesting in the United States, as you all know, I'm an immigrant. I wasn't originally from here. When I started working, one of the things I found very interesting was that every Friday, people would start asking, what are you doing this weekend? What's going on? What are you up to? And every Monday, people would ask, what did you do this weekend? Did you do anything fun? What did you do? And I found that so interesting. Because where I'm from, that's just not something that we ask. I think it's because we have a different concept of work and life. There's not that great of a distinction. And we just tend to enjoy life a little bit more, I think. But unfortunately, in these United States and in a lot of other countries, we have this culture where we wear our busyness and our tiredness as a badge of honor. We have this extreme work ethic that if you're not tired, that if it's not hard and drudgeful, then it's not work. It's not real work. Fortunately, this is not true. You can enjoy what you do. If you think about it, why does work have to be hard? Yes, you can absolutely enjoy what you do to make a living. And it can come from several places. It could be you're really connected to the mission, the people you serve, the customers. It could be that you love the work itself. I really enjoyed being an analyst. I actually really love that work. It's just that I didn't always enjoy how it was applied and what problems it was applied to. I really liked when I used that talent and skill and helped people as opposed to just processes to make more things. So you could be connected to the mission, to the work, and to the people you serve. Make sure it's not just that you're connected to the people you work with. That's why you like your job, because people can change very quickly. You get a new boss, new management, new people working under you, and then it all changes. And you want to make sure you're connected to something beyond just the people you work with. There should be joy and excitement in what you do. That doesn't mean that every day you'll be going into work smiling like you ate a banana sideways every day. 
but it means that there should be something that you are connected to that brings you some sense of pride, some sense of joy, some sense of accomplishments that uses the skills and abilities that you have. You should, at the end of the day, feel really good about what you do. Myth number two, I can't make a living from my passion. The problem there is connected to the first myth that work is supposed to be hard. You're not supposed to enjoy it. And so if I really like something, then it almost is wrong to make money from it. And that's just incorrect. One of the things that I want you to consider is a concept called a minimally enjoyable lifestyle. How much income do you really need to fund a life that you enjoy? Unfortunately, a lot of our enjoyment of life comes from how we live, how we choose to live. Here in suburban the United States, we're so close together. Every day we come home, we look at what our neighbors have, what's in their garage, what's in their backyard, what's on their roof, what do their children have, what schools are their children going to. And all of a sudden, we start to compare ourselves and we just want more and more and more. The concept of the minimally enjoyable lifestyle is to really think about at the core, what is the minimum that I need to have a lifestyle that I can enjoy? And it may not be as much as you think. If you take out a lot of the fluff, a lot of the things that are related to keeping up with the Joneses and the neighbors and the brothers and the sisters and the cousins, and what really brings value to you, strip away all the excess, embrace minimalism, get rid of all the stuff that you don't need, perhaps downsize to a different kind of home, a different kind of lifestyle, cut out the things that you do that don't really add a lot of value to your life. And part of that means actually analyzing what are your values and what are the things that do add value to your life so that it makes it very easy to see what do I do versus what is of value to me and cut out all of the things that don't add value. And lean, you try to eliminate all the waste that you can. Anything that's not of value to the customer, you take it out of the process. Same thing for the individual. Think about what is of value to you really and truly and everything that is not a value is waste. And then you can start to cut out all of that waste and get down to your minimally enjoyable lifestyle. Once you have an idea of what that minimally enjoyable lifestyle is, then you can look at your income and what is it that you need? What is that dollar amount that you need for you and your family to actually live this lifestyle? Now, with that in hand, you can figure out what, what do I need to do? How do I craft this work? this livelihood, so that I can at least maintain this MEL. It's not as much as you think. The third myth is that nobody wants this. Nobody's going to buy this. I'm going to launch this thing and try this business and nobody's going to want anything to do with it. You have to test your ideas. It's not enough to just jump ship, take the leap, cash out your 401k, use all your savings, and go you know, try out this idea without any testing, without validating that this idea is going to work. I do not advocate this. What I advocate is that you test your ideas in a very low-risk way. For, and I'll give you some tools. One of the easiest things to do is to look at Google Trends and analyze the things that people are searching for. 
What are people searching for connected to the idea that you have? Who's already doing this? What terms come up? How do you find them? Right? Who's your competition? What are they doing? What seems to be successful? A simple tool like Google Trends can help you see what people are looking for and how they phrase their searches also gives an idea of what pain they're in because you have to solve some kind of pain for people, right? So if you can figure out what pain people are in and how you can address that and remove that pain, you will be successful. So test it. Use Google Trends as one example of a tool. And you could also, in a very low-cost way, use Google Ads or Facebook Ads to put an ad out there. You could create a simple website. You could get a domain for $12.99. You could throw a simple one-page website lead page and say, advertise it and say, get your free copy of this ebook about ABC. And look to see how many people actually respond to these ads and want to download a copy of this book. To be honest, you don't even have to create the book first. You can look to see if there's interest. And then once you see people are actually interested, you go write this thing really quickly. Of course, it should be in something that you already know. And then give it to the, whoever gives you their email. Simple. And I know you might be saying, I don't know how to build a website. I can't do that. Well, there are people who can do that for you really, really inexpensively. One resource I recommend a lot is Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. There are a lot of people out there who put their gigs, they're called, on the website and you can get things done for as little as $5 plus I think a $2 cut that Fiverr takes. So you can get people to create just a one-page website, like a lead page, for example, just to throw some ebook or some kind of resource on. And people will do that for you for $50 or less. You could get it all done on Fiverr. So make a budget to test your idea. Could be a couple hundred bucks. If you have to save up for it, that's fine. And then create a small resource, throw, it up, throw a page up, a website up, use Fiverr, and then see how people respond to it. If you get a good response, then you can start taking your idea to the next level. If you don't get a good response, you can tweak things. You could tweak the ads. You could change how the ads are structured and see if that changes something. Get feedback from trusted family and friends and make sure they're trusted and are entitled to give you an opinion. Not everybody has the position to give you an opinion on things. So make sure you choose wisely who you are asking for help from. So don't just assume that nobody wants it. Test it first. The next myth is totally opposite to the other one, is that people might want it, but it's already been done. It might already be done, but it wasn't done by you. And you have specific and unique skills that nobody else has. What is that movie? I think it's Taken, where Liam Neeson says, I have a very particular set of skills. Well, so do you. Everybody has a very unique experience. Nobody had the childhood you have. Nobody had the upbringing you have. Nobody had the jobs you had. Nobody had the education that you have. You have a unique package that nobody else has. So even if somebody has done something similar, they're not you. And this was made very evident to me one day in the Starbucks drive through a lot of these Starbucks have by the drive through window this little display with some snacks and a tip jar. And one day I noticed this 
think it's popcorn. And it was somebody's popcorn. It wasn't a famous brand. Let's say it's Linda's popcorn. So I'm driving through Starbucks. Come to the drive-up window. And I see Linda's popcorn. And I think, how on earth... Wait, who is Linda? And how on earth did she get her popcorn in Starbucks? You think nobody's made popcorn before? Of course, there's big brand names that make popcorn. But apparently Linda's popcorn was so good, she got it into Starbucks. And so that just proved to me... If Linda can get her popcorn in Starbucks, then anybody can do anything because you're you. You make it differently. You have a different experience that you bring to something. So even if it's done before, it's not been done by you. So take that unique gift that you have. Embrace yourself. Embrace who you are. The experiences that you've had, the skill sets that you have that nobody else has, and use that to build your idea. Myth number five. I need a job. I need the security. I need the benefits. Here's the thing. Is your job really secure? This is the age for mergers and layoffs. I have been through two of these. One buyout, an acquisition, and one separation, where the company actually split into two different companies. Loads of fun. Our jobs are not as secure as we really think. At any point in time, your company could be bought out, Or something as simple as a change in management, a new director, a new VP comes in with a completely new direction and changes the entire culture of a department, of an area. So you might be enjoying the job today and some new person comes in and completely changes how things work. And then your job is no longer enjoyable. Or you had a boss who was really easygoing, you were able to have a great work-life balance then you get a new boss and that completely shifts, right? So your job is not as secure as you think. In as much as you might think that entrepreneurship or doing something on your own is risky, it might not be risky in comparison to keeping your job, especially if it's a job that you don't enjoy. And also there are ways to manage that financial risk. One of the most important things to people, of course, is financial security. Without that paycheck coming in from somebody else, without the benefits... It can be quite stressful. So there's a couple of things that you can do to manage that. First of all, save. Give yourself enough of a runway when you do this. One of the tips that I got that was very useful was to save up a year's worth of your living expenses and then use that to pay for the following year's expenses once you start your own thing. And then when you start your own thing and you're bringing bringing in income, then that income is saved and used for the next year. So it allows you to level load so that you know that you always have a certain amount coming in and that you don't feel as stressed about how much money is coming in and what you need. And of course, things like insurance, you can get insurance now. You can get your own personal insurance. You can find ways to manage that risk and to create a sense of safety and security for you financially. That's not an excuse. That's a myth. We busted that one. So friends, these are the five myths that we busted on the way to escaping the indentured servitude of corporate. You should love your job. You can love your job. The things that you like can actually provide income for you. And you can manage the risk by testing your ideas and by building a financial safety net for yourself so that you can feel secure as you pursue whatever it is that you think is best. Create your minimally enjoyable lifestyle so that you know exactly how much money you need to keep you going and then design your work around that. 
Let's not make these myths be the excuses that keep us from living our best life. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on this episode and I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Lifestyle Engineering Podcast. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We'll see you next time.